Inside Books with Breda Brown. Welcome to Inside Books, a programme about the magical world of writing. I'm Breda Brown and in each episode of Inside Books we chat to people associated with the world of books, including well-known authors, publishers, editors, agents, critics, booksellers and more. You'll find Inside Books on SoundCloud or iTunes and our Twitter handle is at InsideBooksIRE, where you'll also find lots of other interesting books news. My guest today is Emer McBride, the award-winning Irish author who has just released her third novel. You'll know her first two books. Her debut was called A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing and this won the Bailey's Women's Prize for Fiction, the Kerry Group Irish Novel of the Year and the Goldsmiths Prize. Her second book, The Lesser Bohemians, also won a raft of awards and was shortlisted for the International Dublin Literary Award. In 2017, Emer was awarded the inaugural Creative Fellowship at the Beckett Research Centre in the University of Reading. Emer, Anne Enright in the past has called you a genius and others have compared you to James Joyce. How do you feel about those comparisons? Well, you know, of course, very flattering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there there are, are worse people to be uh, compared to. Um, but I think also it's it's a way for uh, for people to talk about the writing, put it within a certain kind of context, that I'm an Irish writer, that I'm interested in language, that I'm interested in form. Um, so I suppose it's just an, an easy way to, to give readers um, an insight into what it might be like. And when you sat down to write initially, I mean, was language something that was always in your in your head? Was that what you wanted to focus on? Well, I think character really is the thing that I'm I'm most interested in. And maybe because I come, come from a slightly sort of different background from um, as a writer, I come from um, drama school background rather than a kind of creative writing background or English degree. Um, that that was much more character, was much more my focus. And really the interest in language came about as a way of trying to more deeply express character. And you've mentioned in interviews as well that you did lots of early writing. So when did you start then? I mean, I I wrote all the time from from childhood onwards, um, and then really in my teens, kind of the interest in language focused much more on performance and, and wanting to get up on stage and say all the great words out loud. Um, and it wasn't until I was in my twenties that I sat down and started to write seriously. And you, at one point, as you said, you mentioned drama, and you did go to London for a couple of years uh, to study it. So, did did why drama? What did you feel quite creative, and this was a way of expressing it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there was, there was something always really extraordinary to me about learning all of those lines, trying to dig in, trying to f- understand how much you can get out of out of you know a playwright's words and uh, and how you round them out and how you make them more human um, on stage. And I suppose after a while, I just started to think maybe I would like to be the one who was who was choosing all the words instead. Instead of acting. And did you did you act at all then really after college? Um, not much. I did a little um, quite soon after I left uh, drama school. My brother became ill and that kind of took over for quite a long time. And after he had died, I suppose I didn't feel like I really wanted to put myself out in public anymore. I also realised that I'm the kind of person who really just likes to be on my own in a room all day long, which is not a great quality if you want to be an actor and have to be around other actors all day long. Um, so the the writing life seemed to just suit me better temperamentally. So it was just you and words in a room? That's how it works. <laughs> so when did you start writing properly then? When did did the novel form start? Um, well, I suppose I spent a couple of months uh, living in Russia uh, in 2000 and that was the moment when I really realised I wanted to start taking writing Why seriously. Russia? 
I think I'd always been fascinated. I'd always wanted to go. I love Russian literature. Um, I was interested in the language. I was really interested in the culture. And it seemed like the perfect time to go. I mean, lots of people were going away on their years out to Australia. And I suppose I just wanted to go to Russia instead. Somewhere totally different. Somewhere totally different. And and I kind of immersed myself in, in the cultural life there for a while. And that's when I realised that it was time to just think about writing properly. So what did you do? Well, I came back and I was living in London at the time and working as a temp to pay the rent. And so I would get up at five in the morning and and write for two hours and then go on and, you know, answer phones for the rest of the day. Um, And, you know, most of that writing was terrible, but it was learning how to write properly. It was about learning the discipline and about getting those kind of muscles into action and understanding the things that I was interested in, actually. Um, and, and what were you writing? Were they short stories or just narratives? It was it was narratives. I mean, I think in my in the back of my mind, the idea of writing a novel was there, but certainly um, what came out on the page wasn't really novel. It was really just finding my way around character and working out what I was interested in doing with language. So the first book was A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing. So how did that come about? Well, um, my husband uh, was a theatre director at the time and he, he got a job um, uh, directing a show in Japan and that paid very well at that time. And he said, OK, we're going to go to Japan, do this. And when we come back, whatever is left of this fee, that's that's writing time. So we made it last for about six months. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so it was really just, OK, it's now or never, because, of course, the gift of time is like, that's the greatest gift you can give a writer. Absolutely. Um, and so I wrote it very, very quickly, three drafts in, in six months. Really? Wow. And considering you had, you know, you were you were pottering away previously, this was seems like, was it the first time you sat down and just focused and said, I'm going to do this? Yeah, well, I knew that I, I you know, there wasn't ever going to be another time where, where I wasn't going to have to, you know, temp or do whatever and um, and so I had to just grab the opportunity and so I sat and, uh, and I thought you know I don't really know how to how to go about writing a novel so I'll write a thousand words every day and surely something will come of that and so I would sit and write a thousand words a day and then the next day I would get up and read it and usually cut about 850 words <laughs> and, uh, and start again Yeah. and you say you did three drafts when you look back now was there much difference between them? I think I mean that novel really exists in in its in its full form in uh, by the end of the first draft and and the two subsequent drafts were really about the language about kind of getting the writer's ear in because once I knew what was happening what the book was about and where it was going to go it then became about sharpening up the language and the topic as well it's a story about a young girl and and we hear how she and her brother who suffers from a brain tumour they basically struggle to appear normal when there was a lot going on in in their home life and as you said earlier your own brother um, died as well from a brain tumour so obviously that that impacted on on your writing Yeah I mean it wasn't the story I sat down to write and I I think I really resisted it for a while um, Why? Well it seemed one I wasn't interested in writing about myself in a very personal way and I'm still not interested in memoir particularly um but uh, I suppose it was it became a jumping off point and it became it was something I obviously understood and and it it allowed me then to kind of imaginatively move on and go into different areas and explore different things with that story um but I've often found that with my writing that that something small from my own life or something big from my own life 
just becomes a useful starting point. Does that help the writing flow? I think it it helps me get going and it helps me feel connected to what I'm I'm writing about um, until the point where it becomes alive in itself and the characters take on their own life and do their own things and then it's about following them and and finding out about them. And it took a while to get published though? It took nine years to get published. Crikey. <laughs> and what were you thinking during that time frame? I mean that was obviously felt like a lifetime. Yeah it was you know it was it was a long time. Um, about three years in I started to work on my second book The Lesser Bohemians and uh, at that point I thought well Girl as I have one thing isn't going to get published and I put it in the drawer and And what were the publishers saying to you what was the problem with it yeah in fairness they were all very nice um, about it (laughs) by and large (laughs) but they did all say no Um, and I think I mean the the message that I got back was this is great and it's you're taking a lot of risks and this is very interesting writing but we don't know how to sell this kind of book we don't know where this belongs in the market Um, they couldn't put it into a genre no, it was it was it was just too odd for them at that time. And eventually when it was published, it was a huge hit. Well, then a whole load of other things <laughs> happened. But I think you know, it was a book that it just came out at the right moment. I think when there was in readers an appetite for something different. Um I think the the publishing industry had been going through a lot of turmoil in those years and had you know, really focused on trying to to do a lot of, of um, reruns of previous hits and that kind of thing. And I think readers were also frustrated by that and writers definitely were. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, the year it came out was the year of the first Goldsmiths Prize, which was established to support, you know, experimental writing. Um, and so I was, you know, unlucky for a long time and then lucky. It must have been very gratifying, though, after nine years to finally get published and then to win a raft of awards. Well, it was certainly unexpected, um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I can't say I wasn't delighted. And you were working on your uh, your second novel then at that point, uh, The Lesser Bohemian. So was that ready to go then once you eventually got the first one published? Mm, it wasn't quite. I think I had spent about six years on The Lesser Bohemians at that point with writing. It took so a long time to The first one took drive. six months. <laughs> the second one took six years. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> That's the writer's life. Well, it took six years and then the first one was published and then it was another three years, really until Lesser Bohemians came out. So it was nearly nine years uh, for that. What was the reaction to that when it came out then? Yeah, well, that was it was great. I mean, people were kind of, I think, surprised because a lot of the reviews of A Girl's Half Form thing kind of ended with the words, she'll never write another book like that. And I think they were surprised that I was able to use similar kind of narrative perspective again, but to a different, very different effect. Um, and, you know, that it was a story about, although it's a difficult story, a story about love and certainly a story about sex. And um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people were kind of surprised. Were you with the same publisher? Yeah, so um, the little press that first published A Girl as a Half-Formed Thing, when it became very successful, of course, it was kind of devastating for them financially. So they sold it on to Faber. And then I did my second book with Faber. And your third one now, Strange Hotel, is that with the same publisher? It's with Faber as well, yeah. I love the titles of all the books. So do you spend much time trying to come up with those titles? Well, I suppose I've arrived at each of them in different ways. Um, A Girl is a Half-Form Thing just came about in conversation with I was talking about the book with my husband and at that point I couldn't think of a title. And I said A Girl is a Half-Form Thing. He said, that's 
that's what you should call the book. And I thought, oh, no, that's very long and cumbersome. Yeah. Um, Memorable, I, though. Yeah, well, over time, it, so I sort of realised it really embodied everything that the book was about. Um, and so that stuck. Lesser Bohemians, it just occurred to me very early on and I knew that was that was the right one. And Strange Hotel, again, was one that I sort of struggled with, but arrived at eventually. And Hotel Singular as opposed to Plural. Yeah, well, you know, the book, although the character in the book goes to a number of different hotels, the book is also about the experience of being a middle-aged woman. And in some ways, I think Strange Hotel... It's a bit like being, you know, getting to middle age where you sort of, you've booked your place. You always know you're going there, but you don't know what it's going to be like until you arrive. And we talked earlier about, you know, the fact that your style is very narrator driven as such. And do you do you think that does come back from, from what you did in drama school? Yeah, it ap- absolutely does. And I think because the, the, the drama training I had was in the Stanislavski method, which is really about creating the internal life of characters. That's that really fed into the way that I that I write, which is, you know, in a way trying to make language do what the body of the actor does, you know, trying to make language express all of those things that you see when you watch an actor perform, Um, which is why sometimes it gets very tangled, why there's sort of strange, you know, clauses and collections of words and new words invented and, you know, all the time just trying to bring the reader closer to the internal experience of the character. But that's what makes the writing more visual then, I suppose. You can visualise better what's going on. Well, I hope so. And certainly I think that's what readers have responded to in those books. And character then again, it, I'm getting the feeling that you feel it's it's the most important thing, nearly more so than plot. Yeah, I'm not very interested in plot. You know, I like to read it, but I, I'm not interested in writing it. But I am interested in story. And I think that's, you know, I'm because I'm interested in characters, I'm interested in people and, you know, lives don't have plots. Lives have stories. Things happen, but they're, you know, they're not necessarily twists and turns, certainly not ones that, you know, you can visualise from the outset. And in Strange Hotel, again, you're in hotel rooms. You don't really go anywhere else. Did you find that a bit claustrophobic in terms of writing? Well, that was the point. I really wanted to kind of pare back the setting for for the book because it was about a journey. Although she goes to different hotel rooms around the world, the journey is really an internal journey. And actually it's facilitated by the fact that she's in these kind of hotel rooms, which eventually all hotel rooms are kind of the the same. same. (laughs) Some may be more luxurious than others, but pretty much the same. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, when you're in those places, you're you're not distracted by your home life, by your children or your dog or your telly or the dishes or whatever. You know, you, when you're in a hotel room, there's nothing there that that is yours. There's nothing that expresses you in any way. It's not intimate and personal to you. Um, and so it kind of throws you back on yourself, I think. And as you mentioned, like there's a lot of themes that, that naturally reoccur in all the books, as you said, um, you know, sex, love, loneliness. Why do you think they all reoccur? I think there are things, they, those are things that I'm just very interested in as a writer. Um, and I hope that with each book, I'm I, I'm looking at them from different angles and exploring them in different ways. And certainly with Strange Hotel, it was a big departure to write a much older uh, protagonist, you know, someone who's my age now, as opposed to, you know, young girls or young women. Um, and, and of course, those things you experience differently as you get older as well. You know, when you're young, everything is right up against you and you really you feel very intensely. But the older you get, the more distance you're able to put between yourself and painful experiences. And I wanted to explore how how we think about those things differently, how we protect ourselves from difficult things the older we get. And there's no chapters in the book. 
No, they, I mean, it's broken into different hotel rooms. Mm. Um, but it's a very short book, so, uh, you know, it doesn't need too much breaking up. How long did it take to write this one? Well, it was an odd one because I wasn't really planning to write this book next. And then, yes, you mentioned before, I had the fellowship uh, working in Beckett's archive. And I kind of thought that was going to be my year. But then in the gaps between, I just started to to write for myself, really. And so I wrote it over the course of a year. But it, all in all, it was probably about three months work. And did you have to go and visit many hotels for research? Well, I, I, I didn't go for research, but, you know, since since the girls have been thinking about it, I've always been doing a lot of book touring. So I've stayed in a lot of hotels and I'm very interested in, you know, in how that affects you because it does feel like dead time as well. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be interesting to see if you can make something out of that dead time? And all the reviews are out as well at the moment. How do you feel about reviews? I think it's it's tricky because, you know, I never read reviews of anyone else's work. <laughs> Do you not? Yeah. No. no, well, I, you know, I, I'll read the book myself and uh, and I'll read on recommendations and I'll read on things that I'm just interested in. But a recommendation nearly is a review, isn't it? Well, not if it's from a friend, um, <laughs> you know, over, over a couple of glasses of wine. Um, so, you know... I mean, the review process is a, is a kind of an odd thing because obviously there are some people who really get it, who really love it. And there are some people who just don't get it at all. And that's, I mean, that's the nature of the beast. Mm. And some people have said as well with your books um, that they enjoy them even more in a second reading. Yeah, um, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I, I think, you know, there there is so much in them that is about kind of reflection and that I think... Often when you read, you read just to find out what happens first. And uh, and on the second read, you can examine more what's going on with the language or what's going on internally. What are you working on at the moment? Um, I've been working on um, a film adaptation of The Lesser Bohemians. Oh, really? Which is a bit of a departure. Yeah, uh, but obviously your drama background will, will very much, or, or has it hindered? Oh, no, I think it's certainly helped. And, you know, I have a, a a pretty good feel for how those things can work and for, you know, how people speak and interact with each other. Um, so, and it's just been interesting to try and translate all those problems that I solved in one way in a novel into a different medium and try and solve them again. So who's going to play the parts? I don't know yet. We're not that far yet. <laughs> who, do, who do you want to play the parts? You probably have visions in your head, I imagine. Is this a new process then to you? And how long is it taking you? No, I mean, this has been going on for quite a while now. Um, and I think we're just kind of in the final sort of drafting phase of it now. Um, and because it, it took me a long time, it took me a long time to, to kind of get used to it. And um, And also it's a much more communal experience than writing a novel, which is, you know, all the world can shut up and I sit in the room on my own and I do my own thing and that's not how it works. And what about books then? Is there anything else in the offing? Um, well, the, the book that I thought I was going to write, I'm hoping to start uh, later this year. Any any hints, Emer? <laughs> well, I think what I would like is to write some more about the characters from The Last Bohemians. Really? So to, to have a little bit more cross-pollination between them? Yeah, I just, you know, they they represent a lot of things that I'm interested in and I spent a lot of time with them and I, I suppose I wonder what happened to them next. I know, do you feel there's more, more of the story to tell? I feel like there is. I hope so. 
Great, okay. Well then, if that works, obviously then you'll be able to do the screenplay for the second book as well. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have a series. Emer McBride, thank you for joining us here on Inside Books and you'll find Emer's book Strange Hotel in your local bookshop now. The next episode of Inside Books will be out soon. Just keep an eye on our Twitter feed for details. The handle is at InsideBooksIRE. And if you want to hear other episodes, just search for us on the various audio platforms and don't forget to leave us a rating or review. I'm Breda Brown. Until next time, keep reading. Inside Books is a unique media production 